You're listening to the greatest multifamily investment advice show. My name is Adam Ross, and now I'm talking everything multifamily for an in-depth conversation, and I will be diving deep into raising capital, deals, and underwriting process. Welcome back to the greatest multifamily advice show. Today we have Debeka Sharma. Our today's guest is a multifamily syndicator with more than 10 years on real estate investing in commercial real estate on Texas market. Please help me to welcome our guest today. How are you, Debeka? I'm doing good, Adam. Thank you so much. I uh, am happy and excited to be here. I like what you did, to be honest. I'm just going to jump to the subject. I like what you did on the last three, four years to actually scale your portfolio. I think more than 500 units in just two years. I I would like to ask, first of all, what was the motivation for you to jump to the syndication and raising capital, going to mentorship programs? What Why you see this as a fund? Uh, well, uh, so how I got involved, like real estate uh, was... Uh, was a uh, like you know field that we uh, me and my husband we both were interested from the beginning we uh we have been buying uh properties of our own um in, like you know outside you america as well mm. and uh and then you know like you know i i started in real estate as a real estate agent um i took mm. license in texas and uh and then you know like we know like when you are in real estate you know how much more possibilities are there and uh, how we started in uh, Malta family is when we were looking for something kind of, you know, a passive cash flow uh, or, you know, I would say a, a income that can supplement um, our full time job and, you know, basically uh, make this our business. And uh, that's how and then we were educating ourselves through different podcasts and, you know, what not, what is available out there and then, you know, different mentors and masterminds that are out there, uh, like you know, just listening to them. and. Kind of, and then uh, we came across a, a a mentorship program where you know they teach all about syndication and multifamily, and that's uh, when we joined them. And when we joined and saw other people who uh, are already in the space and doing great, and uh, you know they were, uh, we saw a lot of success stories that were happening, uh, and they were people like us who were with that IT background and probably did not have know anything about real estate. When I started Melta Family, I was already in real estate for almost two, three years by that time. And uh, and then, you know, uh, we thought, okay, th- this is something probably, you know, we, we really want to move forward with. And we jumped right in and started this, like, you know, um, started multifamily syndication and looking in this direction. So uh, you're from Dallas, I think. Uh, and yes. what is your upside? You're focusing only on Dallas, or you're walking around San Antonio corridor and and all of uh, Austin and and all Houston. So, what is your actual focus now? So mostly we are focused in the Dallas market, Dallas and around. Uh, that is like you know most of our properties are located here. Mm-hmm. We are we own and operate around fourteen hundred units uh, in DFW. And uh, we we have uh, like, you know, we have looked in Houston market in the past uh, mm. and we like that market. But, you know, given the current circumstances with insurance and, you know, mm. insurance going high, especially, you know, the coastal areas and stuff like that. Uh, we have we are kind of, you know, right now focusing on Dallas market and we we believe that there will be a lot of opportunities in this upcoming year. Uh, and that's why right now for, for now Dallas. But yes, Houston is another market. Austin is definitely a like you know a great market, but it is like you know it's 
it is really really expensive so uh we will we are looking in that uh, market for like you know just not exactly austin but around uh to to for new maybe uh new construction mm -hmm. that is uh, in the charts as well in future uh, that's what we are thinking about uh, and you know maybe uh, working in the direction but yeah we are still not ready for you know ground up construction so we are we are like preparing ourselves for that so based on your experience on Dallas market, how you can describe and break down the ups and down of the market as a, especially on the underwriting, especially right now with the recession. And as you mentioned, one of the things is uh, the operation cost, especially with the recession, it went too high. And beside of that, you have another subject, which is the, maintenance, uh, the insurance, which is now, I think, seven to 800 a unit. So yes. Uh, beside of the real estate taxes is really high on, on taxes in general. What is your, I think, pros and cons when you're focusing only on Dallas market? In your in your opinion, on the last especially three years and especially now after the recession and the interest hike? Well, um, so like I think you might be aware, Dallas is one of the you know top market in the country as far as real estate is concerned. A lot of people do buy here, mm. uh, and there is there. I would say there are a lot of opportunities as well. Like it's not like you know that people are buying. So definitely there is com competition, and um, there was the like you know the properties had gone really like you know very very expensive. The before you know the interest rates started rising, we saw like the the cap rate was really, really compressed and, uh, you know, uh, properties were really, really expensive at that time. But I think with given, you know, the interest rate hikes, uh, it has cooled down a little. Mm. Uh, but another thing is that, you know, since a lot of uh, transactions happen in Dallas market and uh, 2021 and uh, before uh, 2020, 21 timeframe, a lot of people bought properties on bridge loans and uh, right. you know that that is something you know somebody who bought a property two years back and they bought a rate cap on that it will come you know rate cap will be expiring sometime this year uh, and that uh, i mean if they have been uh, like you know they have bought a, a lower strike then probably they have some avenues but there might be that kind of create some pushes a lot of um, um sellers to kind of uh, uh, come into market forced to sell basically because you know they 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 are and that creates a lot of opportunities in Dallas market. Yeah, so, and that will be that will be also a loan assumption. Sorry, <laughs> that is another thing that we will see a lot, and I think that makes a Dallas a great um like you know still a good place uh, where you can you know see a lot of opportunities in twenty twenty three. So I think this is really a good point because uh, as an operator, we're focusing now only on, on fixed rate. We're trying to get away with of the yeah. interest only or, as you mentioned, bridge and and all of the assumption about it, which making a 2023 a good opportunity for all of the buyers to find opportunities of what's going to happen because of right. all the bridge loans. Uh Another another thing you see, do you see any actual impact of the recession on the underwriting as a model? Like, especially as you mentioned, uh, the expenses is going high. The, um, how you're underwriting the deals right now, especially from the passive investor perspective? So we definitely have to pivot a little because uh, obviously it is not the same 
market it is not the same market conditions and uh, i mean market is same but not the market conditions and we definitely need to adjust our underwriting accordingly like you know especially uh like you know certain th things like you know taxes were going high but uh you know what i think you know since uh the interest rate hikes taxes might get a little bit adjusted this year but we will see that um uh, but as far as insurance definitely that has gone up because a lot of uh, players from insurance market has uh has stopped like you know closed their business so there are not much insurance carriers that are giving insurance and that kind of uh contributed towards uh you know rising uh insurance rates and uh the, like you know we do have like you know while right now when we are underwriting we do take all that in account and of course, and another thing that we need to uh, really uh, think about is the leverage. Um, leverage is pretty low. Uh, in term, like, you know, it's, there was a time when we had a leverage of 75 to 80 yeah. percent and, yeah. and then it yeah. went out to 70. Now it's down to 60 yeah. or even lower sometimes. So uh, that is another thing that we definitely uh, adjust while underwriting. So these are certain things that we really need to uh, focus on and, uh, you know, then see how if that is something you know and uh, of course i think the chase price uh has uh definitely been impacted um uh, as like you know what i saw six months or eight months before uh like you know before may of last year things were you know selling pretty high and that has i think that will go down and uh, i think that uh, those are the adjustments that we need to make on our underwriting as well so you mentioned really good thing here about uh, the leverage and LTV, and here is uh, the thing now we seeing on 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 twenty twenty three. I think is going to be more volatile is uh, uh, the need for capital stack and more need for equity partners because as you mentioned, LTV is sixty percent, so you need forty percent to raise. So what you see on the horizon, like the actual and uh, passive investing. Uh, trend when you're dealing with you know investors especially that you're going to need more capital raising capital to close deals uh, beside of that another subject you mentioned is uh, uh, i think the interest rate and the spread but let's focus first on on the capital stack how you see the actual objections on your market when you're dealing with passive investors well i think uh, definitely it has made uh, like you know uh, impact on on passive investors uh they have they are a little bit more conscious and you know cautiously investing in the properties and um because obviously the, the lev you know if the leverage but the, the the good part about you know being having a low leverage is that risk is low because you know you don't have to you know bank is not like lender is not going to be that uh much involved or you know that the requirement will be a little less from that their side and that kind of helps uh, but yeah of course I think this is something um, investors will uh, eventually uh, probably there are investors out there who who think that this might be a good opportunity because there's risk. there are investors who invest only in the people uh, properties you know where uh, the leverage is low they, I have met few people like that and uh, that is kind of another different and i think that is something um invest uh, passive investors have to uh, uh be educated about uh, that you know there is a, a low leverage means low risk uh, but yeah definitely uh, this numbers still have to make sense 
even like you know if we are raising higher um equity that is still it should make enough sense but yeah i think um investors will eventually uh so like when let let me give you an example so when covid started uh everybody was like you know so uh concerned and people were like you know getting cold feet about investing and but eventually you know they learned how this you know uh thing they can you know get benefit out of it uh, and then they started investing again and that's i think once people are sure that what's you know how market is where it is going and things are more stable investors will uh, start uh, investing again but yeah uh, i think uh, definitely it has uh, made them more cautious uh, before investing and i think it would be a good idea for any passive investor to uh, do their like that's that's what we always tell them that do your due diligence and look yeah. at the deal uh, ask questions uh, whatever you know you don't understand uh, in the underwriting or you know what about the deal that we are presenting to you uh, definitely that will uh, help you make an informed decision so uh, what is more appealing right now in your uh, career so far as a syndicator uh, with the asset clauses are you focusing on b or c if it's value add only, so what is your strategy now when you're dealing with uh, new acquisitions? Uh, so we are uh, like uh, more focused on B and A class now. Uh, we are moving a little bit towards A class, C class. Uh, B, not so much, but you know it depends. Like if the properties, like you know, if there's a deal that is like you know really really. Uh, making sense and it's like you know giving showing good numbers maybe but yeah mostly b and a class that's what we are focused on so uh, in dallas market what is the actual spread you see right now especially that the interest rate is the fixed one is about between you can find deals in three and a half which is great but usually it's between four to five and a half percent what you see is the actual spread right now between the cap rate and the interest rate on your market um so I I think uh, somewhere about around five point five uh, is that what it's five point five five to five point five I think that's where we are looking at and uh, the cap rate. Yeah. Oh, the cap rate you're talking about. Sorry, I was no. I'm okay. I'm, no. I'm asking about that. What you see right now on Dallas market is that spread between the cap rate and the interest rate. The spread between the cap rate and the interest rate. Um, I think it is um. I'm like I I'm not sure. Uh, so uh, what is the cap how... rate you're looking for right now on on the market? Um, around I think uh, what we are looking is five percent. Oh, okay. There is a spread already, yeah. but with a value add uh, approach or uh, buy and hold. I think it is like point. I mean five. So the properties are selling at five, and uh, you know the. If by with value add, I think we can get it to four point eight, oh, okay. or uh, or maybe four point seven somewhere around that. So let me ask another question because we didn't focus on it, which is the mentorship. And as a, when you started this indication as a, as a, as a career, how you see the valuable lesson you got from your mentor uh, in general, and um, what uh, who who's your influential mentor in your career so far? Uh, well, uh, so we, uh, we um, my mentor is uh, Brad Samrock. We are uh, we are part of that group, and uh, and you know definitely like we we 
some of the things that Brad uh, mentioned to us and, you know, we, we I, feel, I find it very valuable that your network is your net worth. Mm. And uh, that is something, you know, we really feel uh, and the kind of uh, community and surrounding yourself with the like-minded people definitely is something that will take you where you want to be. Because, you know, you you have to surround yourself with people who are uh, who who are looking in the, in for the same goals and you know aiming for the same things and that helps you um you know stay focused and you know be motivated uh, to continue working towards the goal that we want to achieve thanks a lot for being with us today and my final question will be how the people can reach you and follow your success uh well uh, it is uh, uh, my email is the pika at common sense dot ventures and uh, and we have a website it's called common sense dot ventures www.commonsense.ventures perfect uh, thanks a lot for being with us today and really happy to bring you again to the show to talk more about your success on the dallas market i appreciate right. it thank you thank you <laughs>